David, I just want you to know that you are a Knuff. That's right, folks. We've now transcended genre boundaries and sometimes cover other movies. We realized that when it came to picking genres, we lacked diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, so make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Also, uh, go join us on Instagram. Uh, we need more followers. Full videos are available on YouTube. Uh, don't be a square. Be sure to swear. Swear. Be sure to swear. They know what it means. I can't even read. They'll do it anyway. Also, check out patreon.com slash talk. It's the equivalent of the adult section in your video rental store. If you want to add your pee to the community pool, go to horrormovietalk.com or call 682-253-4468 and leave us a voicemail. As always, we have Fart Simpson crammed into the production booth. I'm me, and across from me sits Island Boy David Day. Yee. Yeah, you know, I think I think I really like to give uh, fart something a little beefier to work with, you know. Mm. To you know, fart Simpson, you know, and then he sounds cool. Mm. I'm just saying, I don't want to critique you right off the gate. Well, you did. So we've got a great show today. Uh, as you can tell, we'll obviously be reviewing Oppenheimer. Um, no, just kidding. We're gonna review. As you can see, Barbie. this is all. This is all going to be crispy in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Melted plastic. Uh, It's fantastic. So we'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie Barbie. Uh, We score on a scale of 1 to 10. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later on, we'll be listening to our voicemail in a segment we like to call Horror Movie Whores. Okay, so Barbie can be found in theaters now. Um, Barbie is about a Barbie girl Ooh. in a Barbie world. Uh, life in plastic, it's fantastic. That's until she starts having intrusive thoughts of death and her body undergoes changes that are new and disturbing to her. Barbie so- soon finds herself on a journey, leaving Barbie land behind and going into the real world where she tries to solve the mystery of her psychological and physical changes. There is also Ken. <clears throat> so... Uh, I think we talked about it on last episode or after. I'm not sure if we talked about it, but I partook in the cultural phenomena that was Barbenheimer on opening night. I first watched the three-hour-long Oppenheimer biopic uh, alone and then watched Barbie with my wife afterwards. Oppenheimer was good. It told an interesting story that conveyed an impressive amount of information, even for a three-hour-long movie. Some would say too long. I would say too long. Barbie 
entered my head and has not left since I watched it the first time. Hmm. I couldn't stop thinking about it throughout the week. I yearned to watch certain scenes again and consumed interviews with the cast and director to process the overwhelming spectacle that was Barbie. <clears throat> I'll stand here without any irony or shame and say that I think Barbie might be the best movie of the decade so far and the best movie of the year without a question. Everyone involved was firing on all cylinders. The casting, acting, writing, directing, production design, music, choreography, all were perfect. All worked in synchronicity to create this unique spectacle of a movie that stands on its own as its own thing like it's it's one of those things where i i judge a movie by the intention by which it's created and i can't see any misstep here by anyone involved in it it's there's very <clears throat> there might have been one or two distracting things that um we can talk about in the spoilers but it doesn't distract from the accomplishment of the movie i think uh i was smiling ear to ear the whole time except when i was crying uh which i was surprised by uh my wife and i were rolling uh from laughing throughout and it also goes surprisingly deep with existentialism and feminism uh, i watched it again last night and even after hearing criticisms about it being unfunny or that it was woke propaganda the second viewing only cemented my opinion um, yeah, I can't, I can't be strong enough. I, it, it's one of those things where sometimes I'm wishy-washy and get affected by other people's opinion or worry about how my opinion is received. This one, I'll stake the flag and say this is definitely a 10 out of 10. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, um, what, uh, I'm interested because when we talked before and, and now again, I mean, you, I assume you watched this a second time. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I watched it last night. So I watched it Thursday night, the opening night. You know, it's opening it's e night. it's easy to get David this jazzed about a movie. Um, it's not so easy to get Bryce uh, yeah. this jazzed about a movie. Um, and um, and I'm interested to know what what's the what's the real like? Uh, did did was there an emotional? Um, catch that just snagged you and, and brought you brought you through um several things like i noticed some things that i thought oh maybe this is what bryce w is really loving about this um you know honestly first and foremost was the spectacle of it like it just visually it's just insane. like eating candy it's just yeah. like and to the point, especially with, like, the musical numbers, it it gets overwhelming, like, emotionally overwhelming just to watch it. You're like, this is so much right now, and it's such a delight to watch. That I mean, like, a, a lot of what I thought about, like, throughout the week was the first dance sequence, which is it does not go long. It's, like, maybe two minutes, but... 
Mm-hmm. There's just something about it, like when you see just a great musical number, to where you just like go back and you're like, I just want to see them move that way again. Yeah, and I want to see that set. I want to see those that choreography. I want to hear that music. So that's like first and foremost. Like that is like the <clears throat> headline of the movie. It's the same reason why uh, people love Wes Anderson movies. Like it's a specific aesthetic that's very well yeah. pulled off. Yeah. Um, it, and it's, it, it, it reminded me throughout uh, of like ni- the 93, I think, Flintstones. Uh-huh. Like I was like, oh, this is so affected. It, but even more. Like it was just so – I mean it's just so impressive what they were able to do with this. Right. And it's it's one of those things where, I mean, you see the tr- the trailer and you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, haha, that's that's kind of funny. Like I see what they're going for there like it's it's artificial you know it's the the barbie land world um but when you sit through a whole movie and there's like 30 40 minutes of um the film being in this like artificial reality you realize the artistry and like the historical knowledge that goes into creating that aesthetic yeah like there's a laundry list of uh, films that Greta Gerwig used as inspiration. Um, I, I haven't listened to the spoilers, but that's only like half of them that she mentions. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, that's first and foremost is the aesthetic and just like how fun it is to watch, how fun the characters are to watch interact, and it's funny. And then the other level of, like, the ex- existentialism and, like, psychology of how messy real life is, like, can hit pretty hard and, mm-hmm. and surprise me. So, yeah, that definitely, like, took it up a, a notch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. I mean, I was, it's, it's hard to have a movie that, um, I don't know why I'm tearing up right now. Well, I'm, you know I'm what? Not that emo- I think it's something. Someone's <laughs> cutting onions. No, but I mean, like, it's it's rare that I get a movie that it moved you, that moved me, yeah, like aesthetically and emotionally, and like comedically. It was a moment. Time. It was a moment. That's right. beautiful. That's what movies are supposed to do. Right. That's that's the that's the you're describing like the magic of the art form. And it hit right. you, and it took you, and it did all the little tickles that it needs to do to to make you like re appreciate and love the medium, um, right? Which yeah. is so. I mean, we watch so many fucking just mid <laughs> bullshit. I know nothings that when right. you get something like you know there will be blood or Barbie. Um, you know, <clears throat> I'll say so. I'll go into my review of this whole thing. I um, this suffered a little bit from, you know, it's just that overhype. You know, mm-hmm. it's just right. especially when you came to me and were like, "This is the fucking, this may be the best thing." Right. And right. I was like, "Well, shit." Yeah. So you know, I there's probably, a, I probably ruined it for you, but <laughs> well, mm, a little bit. But you know, there are other elements of this that are that were just. It was a little overwhelming. Um. It was a very satisfying and interesting movie in a lot of ways. You remember when you watched the Lego movie the first time? Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, How did they do this with Lego as the topic? Right. Like, 
what, what, what? And then you're sitting there with this problem of solving, making a movie out of Legos in CGI. And you're like, wait, how? And what, like, what did the, what was the thing? It was a little overwhelming. So there were parts where I felt kind of old manny, mm. you know, just sitting there being like, what? like what? Oh, like, oh, you know, just old and, and just like kind of confused and mm-hmm. uh, and a little irritated, but also like, well, how do they do th-? like like watching a, a good magician do a magic trick? And you're like, eh, I don't know. I know it's I know it's fake, but I don't know how. I'm, right. I'm what, like what think. parts were overwhelming? I'm going to go think about this. Um, one moment. I need to. <laughs> yeah. Um, the parts that were overwhelming were, I mean, it was they did a great job of it. Um, it's like walking into the. Remember the the Barbie aisle in 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 mm-hmm. Toys R Us, and yeah. you'd walk into that thing and it'd just be like, oh, <laughs> you know, you just you just be hit with that color, uh-huh. and um, and it would and and as a as a little boy, it was just it was a different world, one that mm-hmm. you weren't part of, you know, and you were mm-hmm. just like, that is insane, and uh, I'm gonna go to the Lego aisle now. Uh-huh. Um, exactly, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I, this is a detour, but damn, like, what the, wow, that is impressive. Like, the uh, the marketing effort levied against little girls is, is... anyway, um, yeah, so there were some overwhelming parts. There were also some parts where I, I just was reminded of movies that I enjoy more. Um, uh, one of them is, and this is kind of like, uh, so, like, I think it, it really got me thinking about what movie I enjoy the most over the last decade, the last 10 year. You know, you, you said this is really like the movie of the decade and definitely mm-hmm. the movie of the year. And for me, there really hasn't been one. Um, I mean, since number one, Hereditary was was well, impressive. decade. I was talking about 2020s. So, OK, well, like sure. But fair years. enough. I took it to mean a different thing. And I, now I'm going to explain it. Um and the other one uh, was Soul, and uh, mm. and actually, I think this really took a lot out a lot from Soul. It is a very similar story in a lot of ways, and uh, and I just kept going, oh, this is Soul. Oh, this is kind of Soul. But but that being said, it is its own thing. It's incredibly unique. It's uh, it's w- well acted and interestingly written. And for those saying it's woke propaganda, um, you know, there's an element of that. But it's well counterbalanced. It's counterbalanced in a way that would definitely make anybody who's sitting on the fence go, well, yeah, but they like, they like clip those wings at the end. You know, they like really, and the ending of this is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, It's truly, it's. It is a, a transcendent experience. It's a yeah. it's an impressive thing, and uh, and the fact that it takes any of the wind out of you know political or um I don't know the whole movie is kind I, I of mean... the whole movie is kind of a battle of the sexes, which I think is is a which to me is a. A problem because if you frame it as women against men or men against women, then 
now you have an enemy and the enemy is like 50% of the world and the person you love. And so it it doesn't really accomplish much, but it takes it and, and reintegrates the thought of, no, it's just hard to be a person, you know? Right. And that's, and that's, that's what we're trying to deal with. And I appreciate it going to that, um, that, that place and saying, you know, it's not about this or that. It's just about being a person, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, so, I think, I think people that have like the, that are saying it's a terrible woke movie or that Ken is the villain are like missing the entire context of the movie, which is like, it, it explores feminist concepts and, yeah. and, you know, existential questions within the realm of a very very artificial counterpoint to reality yeah. and so it comes at it from a place of, and even reality is not reality it's still right. a highly stylized version of reality <clears throat> so it comes at the topics or, or its arguments from a place of like very much a super hypothetical situation and within that hypothetical it's very fair yes and I'll 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 say that that's actually the, the this extremely hypothetical, extremely ironic slash post ironic mm-hmm. bent of the script. This um, this like tongue in cheek in cheek in tongue in cheek in cheek in tongue like narrative. Uh, detracted from it for me quite a bit. I think that was the thing that was the hardest for me about this was I was like, give me something to latch on to that you're not going to immediately undercut with some line. And they did that at the end, but the whole thing felt so just like nebulous um, that and and like self-aware that it was just too (laughs) self-aware. You know, I was just like, oh, this is... uh, where is something solid for me to hold on to? And that's not the point of this movie is the point of this movie is to be like way up in your head in like Wonderland. See, I think like I'd, I'd kind of disagree with that. Cause like, I, I think it well, makes you can't a, disagree. It's just how it made me feel. I, I think it's a very, it's very clear in its, um, hypothesis. And like, it states like, what it's trying to say pretty clearly in a couple different points. And that's why it's like frustrating to people that people are criticizing it without like listening to what it's saying, <laughs> which is it's stated in America Ferreira's monologue of basically like how impossible it is to be a woman or to like live up to expectations that are contradictory. Um, and then like, and then the monologue of, you know, the quote unquote creator in the end. And that basically that lays out that like all these concepts, like the patriarchy and, and like these ways that you frame, um, the confusion of life is all just used to try to make sense of what you're going through. Right. And it's like, so, I mean, the concepts themselves, it's not necessarily trying to make a statement uh, or a real strong statement about the concepts that it touches on. It's saying that it, it's commenting more on existence and the complications of life. 
and that there's inherent beauty in it regardless. I agree with you. I (laughs) completely agree with you. And I didn't miss any of that. I'm glad they threw those two little chunks in there. What I'm saying is, is that is such a small but heavy hitting portion of the movie that for the vast majority of the movie, I was reeling just trying to grab a hold of something, mm. just yeah. just trying to find my bearing, just which way is up, you know? And uh, and f- for that, it was it was an unenjoyable experience to f- to experience because it's the vast majority of the movie is just like making fun of you making fun of itself, making fun of society. Like it's not serious. And so it it was, it was just a weird experience because it just felt nebulous. Uh, Some of it, like my, what was most interesting to me the first time I was watching it was standing back and analyzing my reactions and, and being like, yeah, Oh, mm-hmm. this is this is telling me something about me mm-hmm. know, because, you know, a, as a man, <laughs> like your character that you latch on to is Ken, you know, and like how they treat Ken throughout the movie is can be confusing. It is like not it's not like clear how Ken's going to end up. And the people that say like, "Oh, Ken is the villain of the movie," is like, I, I feel like they didn't see the same movie. Mm. Um, but in terms of like, you know, having a dilemma of like, well, what's Ken's arc, and how is this all going to wrap up well where you expect it to? And you know, as a man, you're like, well, you know, Barbie's going to see the error of her ways and. And love Ken, right? It's like no, that's not. Yeah. that's not what. That's not. It's not your story, Ken. <laughs> like it's, and and so a lot of that is like, of what I appreciate is it's Barbie and it's Ken. Yeah, and but just like it's it's one of these movies that I appreciate for a strong perspective that I don't get to experience in my life. You mm. know? Of like this is how, uh, to a certain extent, this is how women think about their experience, you know, and and like it demonstrates like the contradictions and the and the you know the catch twenty two of what it is to be a you know a woman um, in a way that like to women it's commu- it's like talking their language right and like there's a lot of knowing laughs and a lot of like stuff like that and to me it's like this is good for me to watch <laughs> to to even to be exposed to just this way of thinking or this way of like approaching these topics and uh that's that's the type of like <clears throat> when we talk about like diversity in hollywood or or like whatever it's so this is the type of thing that I want to see more of, which is the creators, the people behind it are the diverse people and not mm. just like, hey, we're going to put in a couple token ethnicities, you know, throw in someone with a disability and just call it good. You know, yeah, you know, change, change the color of a, a character and be like, look, diversity, but change nothing about the narrative or 
perspective of the work, you know? Yeah. No, there, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so much that rings true in this movie. It's yeah. I mean, and, and, and the perspectives are pretty spot on, you know, like, I mean, I can, you know, I, I, I'm objective enough to know that I would not be good. I would not be uh, like well off as a person without my wife. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> you know, it and and I looked I knew that about myself from day 1. As soon as I hit school, I was like, "Oh, look at all these beautiful little girls that I love, you know? Mm-hmm. I love them and I'd fall in love throughout my life." Um, mm-hmm. and, and I just knew that I needed that. <laughs> and right. I don't know that that's the same. I don't know at all, but I get the feeling that for a lot of women, that's not the case. Right. Um, but in any event, I haven't given this thing a score yet. I'm sitting, really sitting on the fence between an eight and a nine. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was confusing and scary to me. It was, uh, <laughs> it was also, um, Mostly it was there were parts of it that were just very confusing, um, but it but it was fun and it was crazy crazy spectacle. Like I don't think I've ever seen anything so nuts. But uh, I, I I I will say that I do enjoy Lady Bird, uh, Greta's Lady yeah. Bird, uh, a little more than this. I really enjoy Lady Bird a lot. Yeah. So anywho. Well, Greta Gerwig is a great director. Like she, Lady Bird was fantastic, and I don't know if you saw her um, Little Women, but that was also super impressive as well. I have not seen that. Um. Okay. Uh, speaking of seeing things, are you seeing your life invaded by commercials while listening to Horror Movie Talk Plus? Well, you should know you don't need to. You don't need to have that in your life. You can take it out by going to Patreon and signing up at a certain tier that gives you early access to episodes without ads. Um, also, you can support us by going to horrormovietalk.com slash shop. Um, also, check out our resident artist, Dustin Goebel, at dgoebel 0 on Instagram. And why don't you follow us, too, at horrormovietalk on Instagram. I'm saying that because Max has asked me to ask people to join Instagram. Um, if you want to leave us, leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. So what what was what was the stuff that was confusing to you? Like what was like when you say it was confusing, what was the stuff that you're like I don't get what they're going for? Uh, well, um most of it can be summed up uh by saying um everything was everything was made fun of. Everything. Um and the and so it just until that third act 
um, you're really not given a lot to hang on to in terms of like, what's the thesis? Hmm. Um, a lot of times, I mean, it's, that's why it's typical in a story to kind of get the thesis up front. And then, so until then, <clears throat> it was kind of like, where are we going? What's the, what, like, everything, everything is not, there is nothing that is, <clears throat> man, I really got something in my throat today. Maybe it's a wiener. Uh... Is, is anything sacred to this movie? And the only through line was kind of like girls. Like, you know, it was like girls are the through line. And um, and so everything they said, it made me it made me just be like, what? wait, so that or is that the like what like what's the point? And um, but it was hilarious throughout. I will say, hey, before we get too far into it, but and you can respond to this, but. You're looking good today. Like your skin's just beautiful. Your hair mm. is quaff. Like you've gone. You've really, you've really matched the aesthetic of Barbie. Mm-hmm. Well, I am wearing makeup. So what? Mm-hmm. Oh, you are today. With, yeah. 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 I've been starting to wear makeup to kind of even out the contrast. It's really alarming if you look at old episodes. Like Jesus, it's like. I don't know why, like, your lighting was so superior to mine from the beginning. But, like, I, you look fine in the early episodes. And I look like I'm a red stop sign. You know, like you know what it is? Do you, do, you, do you use soap? Do I use soap? Yeah. Yes, I use soap. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's the difference. I just, I don't, I do not. I use soap on my pits Mm. and my dick and butt. Uh, I I don't use it elsewhere on my body. And ever since I started doing that, which was maybe a year ago, uh, my skin cleared up a lot in all the other places. Uh, I think, well, yeah, I mean, there's. Sure. I mean, that's an interesting hypothesis, but for me, no, it's, I literally have like rosacea and I'm not treating it. <laughs> so oh, that's, yeah, that's rosacea. Yeah. Yeah. Although my, my grandma has rosacea and it se- seemed like certain things brought it. I, I just think soap just makes your skin fucking super dry every goddamn day. You know, I don't, I don't wash my face every day is the thing. Like mm. it, it's not, I hey, mean, you know, look, I mean, I, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it takes. It took. A, it took about a. It takes. It seems to take about a week hmm. to like really get the oils going. But yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm sure I'm gonna catch some flack for that on the Barbie episode for saying I don't use fucking soap. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you know. I don't know. Give it a shot. I don't know. It's worth a try. Um. So the film opens up with a uh, just a straight up like copy paste of 2001 a space odyssey and in terms of homage like they do it right it's done like shot for shot it's not like a cheesy thing it's literally like oh it's cheesy too though that's it's it's cheesy brilliantly it's crispy cheesy it's delicious but it's so delightful because they pick the cutest little girl with with glasses to do the uh 
yeah the monkey figuring out the tool roll and she just smashes like this teacup set with a with a baby doll and it's just visually one of the funniest things in the movie just watching this little girl's face go all in yeah like it was delightful and uh, you know it has a a um, narrator with with helen mirren that basically sets up barbie land and and barbie's life as like this is what barbie is barbie represents all of the potential that girls can have and it solved all the problems of uh women around the world since this product was created you know basically giving giving girls the you know the imagination and and the role model of the possibilities of what it is like to be what what is possible being a woman and you know it's very tongue-in-cheek because to barbie this is true like that she's the hero oh yeah no there are absolutes in barbie world like right. s- all, everything in Barbie world is absolute. It, everything. The, yeah. That Barbie land represents um, reality. You know, that, you know, it's it's all. It's a uh, mirror. Women, women are perfectly empowered um, through product. And, you know, to to us as we're watching it, like it gets a chuckle because, of course, there's still, you know, <laughs> you know problems surrounding feminism you know and uh so it's a great opening and then it it does this opening where it's barbie waking up and she goes through her morning routine with just a great lizzo song playing over it and commenting on yeah what it's like to be barbie oh man this was so great delightful just straight off great and like you see how great that margot robbie is in this role like that is part of the delight is watching her act like a plastic figure going through her morning routine when she like pours nothing into a cup and then she's drinking from the cup nothing into her mouth and just completely committing to this is reality like i'm her reality is pretending you know and but like I, you can't be overstated. The first 15, 20 minutes of this movie is, I mean, I'm not joking. It's just saying hi. Hi, yeah. Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. You know, like. Right. It, uh, it was just like, I mean, yeah, it keeps your mouth just like. Pinned yeah. in a smile, in just like a sick, sweet, just like <laughs> they're saying hi again. Ken's life revolves around being noticed by Barbie. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> so yeah, and then it introduces Ken, um, played by Ryan Gosling and others. But Ken, but Gosling is the main Ken. Yeah, we came, and, and just, just, I'm sorry to interrupt again, but. If you sit through the credits on this thing, it's fucking insane because it goes like this. It goes, Margot Robbie plays Barbie, Issa Rae, Barbie, Alexander Ship, Alexandra Ship, Barbie, Harry Neff, Barbie, Anna Cruz Kane, Barbie, Dua Lipa, Barbie, you know, and then 
emerald fennel midge and then it goes down the same list of people of 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 males who's ken 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 john cena ken you know like it's 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 credits you'll never see again yeah it's it's it is great um so ken is introduced and he is um throughout the movie like this (laughs) kind of weird neutered idealized version of an incel is is how i how i analyze it which is like ken's whole purpose is to be with barbie and barbie just doesn't give him the time of day at all and so there's this yearning in ken to like be noticed by barbie yeah you know, it's, and, you know what it is it's like it's like leave it to beaver but reversed like if if the if 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 the show was in instead instead of shot in the 50s in the patriarchy of the 50s was in uh-huh. the matriarchy of the 50s where it's just like you exist for our like that's right. you're a woman like you're like you know like it's exactly flipped right it's leave it to beaver but about women right it's like it's Ken is like a robot that was created. It's, oh man, what is that? What's that movie where the robot is created for like one purpose but can't fulfill it, basically? Oh, Wally? Shit. Maybe it's Wally. Hmm. Oh, man. The robot is. I mean, even AI, like it's like you exist to love your family, but you have no family. You know. Is it her? No, but but basically, Ken is he only exists to be Barbie's companion, and she just doesn't even notice him and he's, at all. He's like just a side character, right? Yeah, um, which is great because that is literally I, what Ken is, you know, in the product universe where it's like no one cares about the Ken doll; like right. it's literally just an accessory. <clears throat> to barbie it's like an afterthought of like oh yeah i guess i guess you if we want her to have a boyfriend here's the the option there's ken yeah um it's not equal treatment so that's very tongue-in-cheek about like the product barbie of of ken's place in it and uh it's really fun gosling plays it perfectly oh like just how much gear is that guy on Holy shit. <laughs> I've yeah. never seen somebody's body, like an actor's body, so transformed. Uh, like, okay, like, you know when you see Christian Bale in, uh-huh. I don't know, any Christian Bale movie? Um, I mean, arguably, he's his most ripped in uh, in American Psycho. Yeah. And he's ripped to, you know, he's, he's bulked up mostly. He's just bulky. I mean... What's his face? What's his uh, Ryan Gosling is shredded. He is zero body fat on him. It's unbelievable. I mean, Ryan Gosling always has a good body. Like you can see, like if you watched uh, Crazy Stupid Love, like he looked really good in that too. But this one, it looks other world it's it looks plastic it, it looks ha- like a plastic yeah. doll it, it and, and it had to be this way because the 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 star of the movie 
is Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, well, you have the perfect human, and then right. you have, you know, Ryan Gosling. And so it's like, who are you? Yeah, so Ryan Gosling did a, a really commendable job trying to live up to angelic perfection. Right. I mean, they're, they they even, at towards the end of the movie, um, <laughs> the narrator makes a comment of like, you know, Barbie says, I'm not pretty anymore. Yeah. And then uh, Helen Mirren chimes in. She says, note to filmmakers, Margot Robbie is not the actress to get this point across. Right. Like It was like, this was the poor casting choice. Yeah, even, even like after she's, uh, spoilers, even after she enters humanity and is a real person now like it's obvious that they made a point to like make her look less perfect or in the times when she's crying or at her lowest point like she's supposed to be quote-unquote ugly crying and she's just still one of the most beautiful women (laughs) in the world yeah it's like okay i mean she still looks like barbie so um but yeah ken I, i mean for for people that haven't seen ryan gosling uh his comedy chops like you might be surprised at how good he is but to me it was like not surprised it was perfect casting yeah um like there was a guy at work that was like yeah i only know ryan gosling from like the notebook i'm like geez really i mean (laughs) if you watch the nice guys or like his appearances on snl like he's he's got comedic chops oh yeah um but yeah, he's 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 introduced, and like the, one of the best parts of of Ken is like my job is just beach. His <laughs> like, job is beach. Yeah, it's he's not, beach. He's beach Ken. He's not a lifeguard. He doesn't know how to do that. He can't even swim. It's he like can't swim. He's yeah. his job is beach. Yeah, and so when he goes into the real world, like he's like trying to get a job, and he's like, like he has zero experience or like knowledge. And he's like. No, I'm, he's like talking to a lifeguard. It's like, yeah, like I'm really good at beach, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he keeps making reference to beach. Yeah. and it's, As though it's, it's a verb. Right. Um, which is like what those dolls are, basically. It's like, oh, it's beach body Ken or, mm. you know, or, or whatever, you know, Malibu Stacy or yeah. whatever. Um, Lionheart Lisa. so uh we're introduced um to to those characters i'll say the one distracting thing for me and to where it was like okay this kind of like distracts from the point you're making about the artificiality of barbie and like the artificial perfection of it is there's uh I don't know how to say this lightly, but there's a trans Barbie and a fat Barbie. And it's just like, that is the one where it's like, yeah, it feels like you're trying to do like some tokenism in here just to, to say, but my, my wife made a really good point, especially about the, the trans Barbie is that like Barbie and this world, they're not like Barbie's not a real woman. You know, the main character is not a real woman. They're all rep- a representation of women. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's <laughs> it's all equally as artificial, which is an interesting way to 
to look at that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like okay, it's not super distracting, but it 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 was like, did we have to do that? Oh, Hollywood had to do it. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah absolutely. They did. Um, actually, the thing that kind of blows my mind the most about this movie is Mattel like writing off signing off on right. all this not just signing off but like proudly standing by it which right. just seems like like it feels a little bit like a hail mary you know if it feels like it feels like we are up against the fuck it we our backs are against the wall the company is under he's going under or something i don't know i can't i can't rationalize this this movie and mattel's sign off any other way this should not be well, I think like, yeah, I mean, it was really interesting hearing Will Ferrell talk about how he en- entered the project where he got this script and he was like, this is one of the best scripts I've ever read, but there's no way that Mattel is going to sign off on this. And they like told him, oh no, they've already approved it. Wow. And so he was like, well, geez, because I mean, Will Ferrell's character is the CEO of Mattel. Right. And, like, it makes a point of, like, this whole company is just run by men in suits, you know? Mm -hmm. And Yeah, the movie doesn't look terrifically favorably in Mattel's direction. Right. It's very kind of open-handed. It's just like, yeah, this is what it is. See? So, yeah, I mean, to Mattel's credit, they get it. Like, they get the place that, that Barbie is in pop culture. And I think they understand, like... It's not rigidly about <laughs> creating, you know, the perfect doll for little girls. Like, it also holds a place in, like, kitsch and, mm-hmm. like, LGBT culture and, like, and and just the world at large, wh- what that brand means. And I think if you're a savvy company leveraging IP... um there's only so far that you're going to get with the Barbie animated shows, you know, that are talking about what the character means to little girls. Like this is a general audience's like commentary on the cultural impact of the product, which is more compelling and, and cements the, the, the brand as like more than just a product, you know? So I, yeah, on one hand it is surprising, but on the other hand it's super smart. Obviously, because it's may it's going to make more money than any other movie this summer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, oh, dude, it's been wall to wall sold out here. It was like the theater was packed. There were yeah. there were people standing. Like it was like, what is happening? Yeah, I mean, I this is the second week that it's been running, and the theater was still packed when I went and saw it last night. This and, is a movie to see in theaters. Like, there's yeah. no other way to see this movie. Yeah, especially seeing it with other people, mm-hmm. but especially, like, if you're a guy, seeing it with your wife or girlfriend mm-hmm. is the way to watch this movie. Oh, yeah. Did you see? Did Carrie go with you, or were you yes, single? We, um, yeah, we managed to find a babysitter. Wow, yeah. even on the island, impressive. Um, so, what did Carrie think of it? Oh, um, yeah, there was plenty of moments 
um, you know, it was pl there was plenty of moments where, you know, I felt some tears and I looked over and Carrie was feeling it too, you know? Um, and she was laughing throughout. Like, uh, it, it really, it worked very well yeah. for, for her. Uh, it worked well for me too, you know? Like, um, I, I say the, uh, the other, one of the other things that kind of detracted from it was the existential dread sort of angle. Um, there's an element of like, can't anything be like, ah, oh, man, like, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's terrible. Oh no. But can it, can we just have some, can it just be kind of, okay. You know, you're like, it's gotta be in the fucking Barbie movie. You know, I, there's an element there of just like, okay. Yeah. Everything's bad. Uh, okay. Like, which I don't know. That's the old man part of me. We're just mm -hmm. like, I don't know why everything has to be terrible. It doesn't. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that, that was a, another part of this whole thing where it was like, but I, I <laughs> like our main character gives up hope, but isn't made to give up hope, you know, which is, which is good. I, I, I appreciate that, that mm -hmm. kind of hero uh, arc. You know, it's just a good arc. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about the existential part of it in 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 a bit. But um, getting to like w a couple points, like so it introduces everyone, and then Ken is like tries to get Barbie to invite him over, and she's and this part's in the trailer. She's like, "Oh yeah, you can come over tonight. Like, it's not not much going on. Just a." A giant dance party with choreographed routines, you know, yeah. and a bespoke song. It's like, <laughs> cool. And so then it has this opening, it has this dance sequence, which is just one of the parts of the movie that I keep thinking about. It's just such a visual delight to watch. I don't know. There's something, there's something about, I don't dance at all. Like, it's not something I do or yearn to do. But, man, there's something about watching people danced in a choreo choreographed dance i'm like i get it india like <laughs> i can i get it how you can't get enough of this stuff um but they have this you know big dance sequence and you know tells a little story with ken trying to um you know angle himself towards barbie and just it's fun to watch um and then like as as barbie's dancing she's like talking about how great life is and how wonderful everyone is. And then she comes out with like, Have, do you guys ever think about death? And everything comes to a screeching halt. The theater was dead silent during that part. And I was bellowing with <laughs> laughter and I had to, I immediately had to like go up, be like, mm, because every head was like, Whoa. like, like they yeah. expected it. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I don't. I just felt like that was the fucking funniest part of the whole movie. Right? Was like it was this record <laughs> screech. It was like up until now, it's been fucking fifteen or twenty minutes of just like sunshine and happiness. And I was like, when are we gonna get into the interesting part? And then she's like, you guys ever think about death? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was yeah. great. <coughs> so it has that, and then. The next sequence is a reprise of the opening of the movie with her waking up 
but all of a sudden she's like it's not perfect she's tired and things aren't going her way and yeah. then the lizzo song is adjusted it's like you okay like, girl like because <laughs> like the lizzo song is still commenting on what she's going through <laughs> and then one of the best parts like the first version of the song she's like spelling out pink you know mm-hmm. p pretty i you know interesting n never anything goes wrong k cool <laughs> and then in the second version she's like p panic <laughs> i you know irrepressible thoughts of death <laughs> n you know something else k n word death yeah <laughs> just, just like it's great and then barbie starts like changing physically like her mm. her tiptoe feet like go down on the floor and so like there's this panic of what's happening to me and that's when uh weird barbie is introduced they go take her to this is uh, so so this is <laughs> this is so perfect right so Every, the, everybody has seen a weird barbie right a barbie that's seen too much shit <laughs> yeah so kate mckinnon plays weird barbie which is the Barbie that's had all its hair cut off, Ugh. that's been drawn on, yeah. that's been played too hard, and its legs are just splayed out. Yeah. Like, the only... <laughs> Why does she keep doing the splits? <laughs> that's the only way I can stand. <laughs> uh, so, and then this, like... And then she basically lays it out, like, uh, in a nod to the Matrix, which is, like, you know, you have a choice to make. Like, you need to there's like a, a rift between worlds between Barbie land and the, and reality and you need to fix it, mm-hmm. you know, and you need to, you know, go and find your, the girl that plays with you to find out what's going on with her because something happened. And, uh, and then there's a nod to the matrix where she's like, you can choose, you can either choose the, the high heel and go back to your I, life. I choose the high heel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or that. the Birkenstock. And yeah. That was, find out. Oh man. There are so many moments in this movie that are just just right. pitch perfect just like that. It's like you choose the Birkenstock or the high heel. And it's like, <laughs> I choose yeah. the high heel. It's like, no, you got to choose the Birkenstock. <laughs> so Barbie makes the journey to reality in like a great sequence of like going through, you know, the mountains and what what is it they go in a car they go on a rocket ship they go on like a snowmobile and like a camper van and like all this all this stuff yeah and on second viewing i appreciate it anymore so like one of the main things about this movie like is the artificial reality and the visual production the the production of the movie is super impressive and calls back to like old hollywood because Barbie land is completely artificial. Like the, yeah, the sky is a painting, you know, like all of the, the sets and stuff are artificial. And so it's interesting watching, um, interviews with Greta, uh, Gerwig about the inspirations for the movie, because there are a lot, like she's very well versed in, in cinema. And she talks about several <clears throat> movies. I've got a, a, a list of, some of them, not even all of them, but like the Wizard of Oz, like it's very reminiscent of the Wizard of Oz, oh, like yes. in terms of like what the the look of it is. Yeah, there's a certain director. Um, 
I can't remember his name. There's, I wonder uh, how she vocalized that. Like, she, the 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 visual, just just like the the way the movie looks is like the Wizard of Oz. It's just it's right. just like it's the way it's. It's, maybe it's the camera they use. I don't. I do not know. But that moment when it becomes colorized is like that's this. Like she. She was just like you know. Can we capture the essence of that moment when it goes colorized in the Wizard of Oz? Well, she mentioned specifically talking to the director of the Truman Show to like, how did you get it to look so artificial mm. when it's real? Mm-hmm. And like, so she actually. I mean. Like she's a student of of cinema. Like she was really researching these movies of like where am I pulling stuff from? And she has a laundry list of of movies. But the fact that she asked like the the director of the Truman Show and got like tips on lighting. Like I think they said mm. they would shoot. I think the Truman Show. What she learned was they shot in Florida, and so it was already super bright. But then they also lit it with super bright like. Um, you know, Hollywood lighting to where it's probably super hot, but it's like so, so well lit and yeah. so flat, you know, yeah. that it, it looks like this isn't, this doesn't exist in reality. Um, yeah, it's a lit lot from of every angle. Yeah. Like, um, a lot of like, um, old musicals, um, old like French films. Like there's the, um, oh, playtime, is a movie that that um has been mentioned recently where it's like a lot of the scenes in Mattel are kind of inspired by that um but just so many inspirations for this to where like on the second viewing you're like all of this is real none of this is CGI they built and painted and like when they're going through you know the water and the boat like that's all you know wood panels going back and forth and like yeah spinning stuff and it's like it looks so cool you know it doesn't it it's like a visual language that you don't see a lot and i think that the closest you get um in the last like 30 years is is wes anderson wes anderson does this but even that is like i was gonna say i would go to wes anderson and his and his response would be make it all symmetrical (laughs) right that's unnatural to look at and so, and also interesting, but also right. he does the same thing with lighting. He does light it from all the angles. Right. He, he makes, yeah. He, yeah. I mean, Wes Anderson is more of like, I mean, it's, it's very similar. Like he's trying to make it look like a dollhouse at all times. You know, it's like, yeah, very, very flat framing, you know, very if symmetrical. If it's not a dollhouse, it yeah. probably is. <laughs> right. And then Barbie, it's more of like, no, it's more of a traditional, like, we're making a place, we're shooting it like a movie, but it's all created, you know? So, uh, it's a really, like, it really separates, um, you know, the, the Barbie land from reality. So they make their way to reality and they end up on Venice beach, um, which is its own little commentary, but it, there's a great moment where, you know, Barbie is realizing like, this place is different. And the, the interchange between Ken and Barbie, as Ken is realizing, like, this place is awesome. Like, men are, like, high-fiving, and people are noticing me, and they seem to respect my, like, my presence here. Yeah. 
just and, yeah, he's he's just enamored. And he's like, and there's no undertones of violence. And <laughs> and Barbie is experiencing like the exact opposite. Being ogled and like being seen as an other and being seen as an object and being like and then she specifically says like yeah i'm definitely experiencing undertones of violence you know which is like if you talk to women at all like you realize like oh no they're always feeling like they're in danger around men and to be honest they are like it's it's pretty it can be pretty scary when you don't know biological realities exist and they're not set up in your favor like uh in some respects in other respects like like you know it's yeah it's it's it is a that that moment in the movie is just uh it's a it's an amazing insight that's all just kind of laid out very flatly that no, no one can really like you know you can't really take issue with that well yeah and you it rolls it out like through the next like 10 20 minutes where it's like ken slowly realizing like wait a minute what is this place why is it so special to me yeah it's a it's because it's a complete counterpoint to barbie land which is like barbie land is supremely artificial and is only exists for women really Mm -hmm. and ken are like men or ken's are afterthoughts and in reality like all of a sudden like it's a world built for men basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and like it's a good place to be as Ken. And uh, the rest of the movie is basically the the effects of that realization um, that Ken has in terms of, like, the plot. So Ken <laughs> learns about the patriarchy and, like, reads up on some books and takes it back to Barbie land. And then when Barbie eventually returns to Barbie land, it's been converted into you know the kendom which is just like you know the comical you know counterpoint to barbie land it's not reality either it's not even like it's it's ken trying to mimic the feelings and like the structure of reality but not really understanding it either and somehow like the all the barbies buy in because they've never experienced it either and and like are able to be sold on it yeah, and, it's very much like the G.I. Joes from Toy Story. You know, it's just like, I don't, like, we're kids' toys. That's what we do. We emulate all the points of masculinity. Like, right. that's what we do. Like, it's what we were built to do, you know? Right. like, and, and that's kind of the things he picks up on, which is like, horse. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because he's like, he's like, I learned about the patriarchy, which from what I understand is, is about men and horses running things. What I thought was at first I thought the patriarchy was horses. And then I learned that the pa- that the horses were an extension of patriarchy. Right. The horses were just in, were men extenders, extenders, which is great because if you think about it, like, men yeah, extenders. if you look at all the statues throughout the world, it's men or men on horses you know these these historic leaders and stuff and and that that whole thing is is really funny and like that's what's so comical to me of like people that 
have issue or or like the the pundits like the youtubers that are like immediately came out with like oh you know ken's made the villain and this is just a you know a misandrist movie and it's like you miss the whole point of the context of who ken is in this movie if you say he's the villain like no i don't think I, the same thing I, with i don't Barbie think is, anybody miss like if you watch the movie i don't think you can miss the point of this movie you can just realize that it's made to break down the war that you're trying to perpetuate. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, both Ken and Barbie are artificial. Like they're both as artificial and innocent and, and absurd and absurd. And yeah. they're kind of victims to being exposed to a new reality um, and react in different ways. So, like that's that's interesting um barbie goes to mattel and like that's a whole weird like um sequence too because it's also kind of showing that corporate culture or the corporate world is just as artificial as barbie land like it feels just as artificial of a world um yeah. and and absurd um and then she eventually finds um her owner uh which at first she thinks is this little girl that she sees in visions but it's actually the mother of the little girl that's been playing with her the whole time oh man those parts every one of those parts i was just i was beset with emotion right yeah i could not I, you know it was like because because you know you think it, i think of my little girls you know mm -hmm. and i think about the innocence of childhood and and uh, kind of how you've lost it, you know, and, and how they still have it and you want to cultivate it and and uh, and give them hope. Um, and uh, and I think that's a part that made me sad about that little girl in this movie. Well, she was a little girl. Granted, she was a tween, but she had lost that. Um, you know, she she no longer had that um, innocence. And that's it's an, an important part in everybody's life, but it, it is a sad part, you know, when the world gets you, you know, everybody can kind of look back and go like, yeah, the world broke me there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's when you lose your innocence or like come to a realization of how things actually are. And that's really, I mean that's kind of the main message of the movie what it what it eventually gets to um and it it tips it off early a little bit when Barbie is sitting alone I think it's after is it after she meets the little girl or before that she's sitting in that park I I can't remember I I think it might be after You're going to have to continue explaining the scene sitting She's sitting she's sitting at like a bus stop bench and she's i think she started crying like it was the first scene where she like had some tears or something yeah it was that little girl made her cry i'm not it might be before i can't remember but uh, there's there's the sequence where she's just sitting first and it was taking just one tear and taking the world in like she's looking around at reality and she's seeing like first off like just trees like the 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 camera pans up these trees 
and where it's like the complicated like random beauty of trees which you realize like she's never seen in barbie land it's all artificial trees that are perfect and then you know seeing people struggling in relationships and seeing you know different types of relationships and you know depictions of people at their lowest point or highest point and then like turning to the old woman next to her and being like you're beautiful and she's never seen an old woman before you know no depiction or reality of aging or complication and so it's this the first glimpse of like the point that the movie's trying to make is that yeah like all of this messiness is also beautiful yeah you know it doesn't have to be this artificial perfect world in, in, of barbie land and then that extends when she finds out who you know is her owner uh played by america ferrera and <clears throat> they eventually all travel back to Barbieland and, and discover Kendom. Um, and then eventually it gets to a point where, um, you know, Barbie's kind of lost hope because uh, Barbieland's been taken over by Ken's and there's she doesn't understand, like, what happened or how she can change it. She's just hoping that someone else, you know, in control will change it back. And, and, um, uh, and then America Ferrer and her daughter, like, you know, almost leave, but then turn around and basically say, like, no, we have to help. Like, because they understand reality or they understand, like, the struggle that needs to be made, basically. And then there's this long, <clears throat> this long monologue that America Ferrer gives about um, how impossible it is to be a woman and all these contradictory expectations and... Um, like here's, uh, I, I pulled it from IMDb, like, you know, you have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You have, you're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but you also be, have to be looking out for other people. Like this laundry list of all these like catch 22s, um, that really do exist. Like it's, uh, that's, that's one thing that like, I can admit that like it is there are a lot more contradictions and societal expectations that are put on women versus men like because I, I don't know in the end I, like, like th th this is this is the this is the trap that I think a lot of people are going to fall into when they watch this movie is is especially men is they're going to be like it's equally hard just in a different way mm. to do my thing. Right. But this movie is about Barbie. Right. It's not about men. <laughs> you know, there are movies right. about the incredible, insane expectations placed on men. Things like being expected to go and fight and die in wars, being expected to be kind and yet also always the, the, the you know, the law, you know, be, being expected to be capable of violence, but, but never use it. And the expectation of, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of the, all of these ridiculous expectations exist for everyone, mm -hmm. but this movie is called Barbie. So we're not focusing on those. So right. that's the, that's the trap. There it is. There's a ditch on either side and you're going to fall into it. If you 
forget that the movie's name is Barbie. So, right, and keep also that like, in frame. <laughs> and also, it's important to hear and understand both sides. Yes, right, and it's important to respect, you know, the struggles that we all go through in life as people. Because oh, are they different? Yeah. Are yours unfair? Mm-hmm. Are mine unfair? Yeah. Can we all just take a break and just recognize that and be nice, you know, like for just a minute instead of like making it about like a war of the two basic people that exist on Earth? I don't know. And, and her monologue ends with basically her saying, I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all that is also true for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. And so it's like setting up this like yeah it is impossible like it is a struggle and and then and then it answers it gives an answer to that in the end of the movie which is kind of a reprise of that that bench scene in reality where it's it's barbie understanding the complexity of reality that like and and kind of like that thing where it's like oh having thoughts of death you know it's a you can look at it two ways you could look at it as like well that's terrifying why are you bringing this darkness into like this this story and like making me think of dark things that i don't want to think about but when it comes down to it you know some of the happiest people or happiest cultures like regularly think about death and it gives context to life like right. if you take in the whole, it adds more meaning to the complications and the confusion that you have just being a person. Yeah, you know, the finality of it is what makes it special. If you lasted forever, nothing would be special. It would be Barbie Land. It wouldn't change. Right, it would be the same all the time, and that's tragic. So what happens um, after America Ferrer gives this monologue, um, she kind of helps one of the other kind of brainwashed Barbie snap out of it. And they realize like, oh, this is how you combat, you know, this version of patriarchy is you basically present the <laughs> the complexities of life and, you know, get people to understand in context of, you know, of all that, like you know, your place in it. And so they go around and there's like a sequence where they, you know, basically unbrainwash all the Barbies. And, um, <laughs> there's a lot of like really funny parts where it's like, this is how we'll get, this is how we'll distract the Kens. And it's all like, just mention the Godfather and how you've never seen it before. And they'll divert all their attention to you and, and tell you all about it. Or, yeah. um, just have them sing, this Matchbox 20 song to you. <laughs> I want to push you around. Oh, man. That is, on second viewing, it's even <laughs> more pronounced. Like, when Ryan Gosling is singing that Matchbox 20 song on the beach, like, he is barely holding it together. Like, they they cut it out. They make the cuts, like, ha like a point zero 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 one seconds before he he breaks into laughter on so many of the takes yeah. and it's very obvious that he's just barely holding on yeah. how how uh how funny that that scene is um and then basically like the barbies pit the kens 
against each other and like retake Barbie land and, and reestablish their Barbie constitution or whatever. Um, but there's this <laughs> probably one of the best song or musical sequences in the movie is the I'm just Ken song where, where it goes from Ken singing about his position. Then it like transitions into this weird, like ballet within a ballet, you know, ballet within a musical Mm -hmm. sequence. And it's just a very satisfying sequence. And then it ends up where like, okay, the dust is settled. Like Barbie lands relatively back the same to what it was, but it's changed. It's, it's very much like a hero's journey, like Barbie and Ken both experience kind of a hero's journey, but also Barbie land where it's like, they went through change. They came back to where they were, but they're still changed. Like there's no going back to exactly what it was before. And like, that's where they, they leave. Ken is like, no, like you don't get Barbie. Like Barbie doesn't, still doesn't love you or care that much about you in particular, but you don't have to be defined as in relation to Barbie. You can just be Ken, you know, you can just be yourself and be your own thing. Um, and so in terms of like Ken being the antagonist of the movie, it's very much, he's treated very compassionately in the end of just like, him learning the same lessons that Barbie does really that like, he's got to be his own person and he's got to, you know, exist within reality and within reality and find his, his purpose himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like it ends up and Barbie like, doesn't feel like she can go back to being just Barbie. And then she has like this, this moment with her creator. And this is it really, it, puts a stamp on what the hypothesis for this, because they, they mentioned specifically like a lot of these ideas like patriarchy. I can't remember what the other examples that they gave, but they, they gave a couple examples of like all these things that we use to identify, you know, what we're going through is just like, they have no meaning other than trying to help us make sense of our life. And that's like where the beauty is. And it's very, it enters like a very Zen place where it's like, this is where the beauty of existence lies. It's accepting the randomness, accepting the imperfections, um, and just being okay with being yourself, you know, within chaos basically and and then it has that that last song which is just like from i think it's billy eilish which is also just devastating because it has like clips of you know women and girls just living their life is this during the credits no it's before it's like when she's talking with um what's her name ruth and she's deciding to be a woman She's deciding to, like, mm, yeah. be a real person. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember now. Whew. Wow, I blocked that out. That was eight yeah, hours the song, ago. <laughs> the song is, is basically, what was I made for? Yeah. Ugh. It's, it's, it hits hard. 
You know, um, for those of you who've been listening for a while and enjoy the podcast, you you might consider uh, heading over to our Patreon and uh, subscribing to listen to some of the afterpods. The most more recent ones have been pretty interesting. Um, horror movie talk is going through a bit of an existential crisis, <laughs> and I mean, I, I'm curious to know, like, you know, the last afterpod we had. Um, you know, you were dealing with essentially this issue is like, what was I made for? You know, you, you kind of asked some existentially terrific questions. Yeah. Um, did, was this movie a part of like starting that feeling within you or, or no, just I mean, accentuating I'm... it, I suppose I is a better question. Did this movie really accentuate those feelings for you? No, because this is like the mode that I've been in for probably the last 20 years. Like, it's not, this is, like, the struggle. Yeah, but did so, it bring it to the surface, I guess? Uh, for me, it's always on the surface. Okay. So, I mean, it spoke to it. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it, like, was, like, oh, yeah, it made me start thinking about it again. Right. No, it's, like, I mean, it's the same, I mean, I'm sure you're the same way, too. I mean, that, oh, that yeah. uh, book that you had me read, like, it deals with all this, too. You know, yeah. it's all, like. I didn't have you read it. You just read it. <laughs> I, well, you gave it to me and said, please read this. So, I, I mean, oh, however when? you want to phrase it. You Why bought it uh, to me. You bought it and sent it to me on Audible. Oh, okay. Well, so, I read it. I, oh, I see. I fake read it. I listened to it. Well, I just gave it to you. You don't have to. Why is, why is that a... <laughs> well, I don't want to compel you to do things. Why is that a contention? Sound, that I just don't want it to, to sound something. like I forced you to do something. I didn't... I, you know, I just, I just handed <laughs> that's, it. That's okay. I, I didn't realize that was a worry of yours. Oh, I just don't want to, I don't want, you know, I don't want to make you do stuff you don't want to do. No, if anything, you're trying to make me watch Deep Space Nine and that's just never going to happen. Wow. Wow. That's such a strange stance to take. Anyway, but. <laughs> um. So it's just a really beautiful ending. And then the last line of the movie, to me, was probably the best joke. And just like, chef's kiss. <laughs> and I'm almost hesitant to say it for people that haven't seen the movie. But this, yeah, is don't, the, don't. this is the spoiler section. But yeah, just the last line. The first watching, like, I was laughing so hard like it was like when you see comedians give like their their top bit you know where there's a pop uh-huh. in the audience of just something so unexpected like but so obvious yeah like of a setup like it's yeah. set up perfectly and yeah. then just th- that happened for me and i was laughing so hard i have no idea if anyone else was laughing. Oh, it, it. it was a strange reaction in the theater. It was it was like it was a two Mississippi before the laughter hit. Like no one like it was a slow it was a slow fused joke. It was like and we're there. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I stopped and listened to it the last night when I was watching it again and like it did not get a pop. Like it got it definitely got chuckles and and people were laughing about it. And yeah, I think it was the same thing where it took a second for them to realize. But for me, it's like, yeah, it was immediate. How do you just put the cherry on top of 
what it is to be a woman in reality. <laughs> like, and going from being a plastic doll to being a real woman. And like, they almost avoided that topic almost entirely. There was one other, there was one other line that kind of betrayed it, but like, there was a lot of obvious jokes you could have made oh, about yeah. Barbie that they held off on that I feel like the reason was they wanted to save that line for the last line of the movie. I will say, this this movie, while spectacular, well-made, interesting, in, important critiques on the on life, on, you know, the human condition, along with, you know... Transformers, not as much. Lego mm-hmm. movie, uh-huh. you know, makes me a little worried that about the complete and total corporate overlord uh-huh. insinuation into everyday life. Even even the deepest, most important existential questions will Are be analyzed through Barbie. <laughs> will be analyzed through a fucking toy. Uh, this is truly late stage capitalism and it's, and I like it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you, you got to work with what you got and what you got is corporations and product. Right. Like, I mean, you are the product. That's what's crazy is that like, this is going to be one of the most successful, very unique movies in the last several years, but it's also an IP. Yeah. Like when you talk about like, Not Oh, just the only any thing that- IP, you know, like an IP that is as American as apple pie, you right. know, it's. So when they talk about like, Oh, all Hollywood is doing like all Hollywood doesn't have any creativity or vision anymore all they're doing is sequels yeah. and and you and licensing ip That's weird. and and like making videos video game stuff it's like yeah. it's frustrating because that's true but also we got barbie out of it so <laughs> you and know lego movie you know like, and lego movie and the marvel movies are great like by the way like we'd be remiss to say like is will ferrell the is he the I know. arm? It's, is he the corporate arm of all <laughs> IP movies? Right. Yeah. Things are, uh, this is what a fucking reality we live in. Yeah, it's a it's a hoot. It's a great movie. Like I was delighted. Like again, I'm going to be thinking about this movie for a while. Like it's a heightened reality and just a delight visually and and story-wise and thematically wise like it is compelling on its own oh yeah like it's it's a for how artificial and like tongue-in-cheek it is it also has a lot of depth um so i'd i'd recommend pretty much everyone go see this movie agreed um okay let's move on to horror movie whores whores 
Whore's whore. Whore. Whore's whore. 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 Whore's. Okay, horror movie horrors is where we check our voicemail. We got. We're trying to muddle our way through. We're still about a month and a half behind. So, this is back in June fifteenth. Hey guys, it's uh, Michael from the Commonwealth of Virginia. I uh, hope you're doing great. Just finished listening to the Event Horizon uh, episode and really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I think uh, it was it Garrett. Um, Garrett was on there, and uh, I really, I really appreciate how you guys can very much dislike a movie, but we'll still review it, and we'll have uh, have people on also that you know like the movie and, and have their reasons. And uh, I liked Event Horizon uh, when I saw it. I still enjoy it, but um, I just I think it's neat to to hear different. Uh, different opinions on it and, and the way you guys explain it and stuff like that. You, you see stuff that I just would never see. So, um, really had a great time listening to that. Um, first time calling in, uh, just been, uh, listening to the podcast for a few months, but having a great time. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Brian, John, thanks a lot and, uh, looking forward to the next one. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. From hey, yeah. Virginia. You, you know, we didn't even mention Alan. Michael Oh, Sarah. yeah, we didn't mention Alan and Michael Sarah. Oh, my God. There was a great line The best character in the movie. Right. My favorite, that was also one of my favorite, I, I had a bunch of lines written down that I haven't even said, but Alan's line of like, Alan's have been in the real world before. No one's noticed. In sync, they're all Alan's. Yes, even that one. <laughs> yes, even that one. Um, Yeah, Event Horizon, That that's that goes a ways back, but I'm always like befuddled by how much love event horizon gets long term and how everyone says it's just the greatest movie and it's like it, it hit i get the it right moment that that you want i think what people love about event horizon is the movie it's trying to be hmm. and not the movie it actually is right no yeah well i mean what they really love is what is the experience they had going to the theater with their friends at 13 right yeah yeah period like admit it that's what happened to you, right? Okay, now admit the rest. <laughs> Just look at Lawrence Fishburne's acting and ask yourself, is this really good? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Anyways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, hey, Horace. It's Edby. Uh, first time caller. Long time listener. <laughs> Anyways, you know. Um, so I just called your number a minute ago. Know. And instead of 682, I dialed 628, and it directed me to some pest and rodent tree removal slash airline booking company. So I don't know. It was really weird, and I thought it was a joke. And What's your point? I was almost turned off by the whole thing because I'm an idiot. So thanks, dyslexia. <laughs> um anyways i just got done watching your 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 movie no i just got done watching the dash cam movie and holy shit i love that so much i don't care what they say great movie uh so now like tomorrow i'm probably going to listen to your review about it at work as one does as i do as we do uh 
us whores, that is. Uh, I also wanted to ask you guys, did you get my Christmas present that I sent last year? Slash, did you even know what it was? It was pretty pretty vague. Um, I'll give you a hint. Peach Fuzz. What if I told you I was a naughty wolf? Did he send you the peach fuzz mask? I thought that was glitter core. No, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was Anna. I think it was glitter core. I don't know. Um, I can't remember. Well, if that was Eddie, wow, that's, who, yeah, I'm, I'm confused. I swore that was, I swore that was Anna from Finland. You're going to have to be more specific, uh, because we received so much fan mail and presents, you know, like it's just, it's overflowing. Well, um, sorry, Eddie. I I thought we uh, thanked the right person, but thanks for sending the, yeah, the peach fuzz. Is that? Well, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. We got a couple. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, did you ever send my credit card to me or my debit? No, card? No, I haven't yet. Oh, okay, I was <laughs> it's like, sitting on my desk. <laughs> okay. I do need that because that could have paid for this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No. I um. Okay, it goes on for another minute and a half, but I'm sorry, Eddie. You're kind of yeah, you're you, kind of rambling, buddy. Yeah, you're rambling. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep it tight. Yeah, get make build a script. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, this is Beatrice again from Los Angeles. Um, hope you guys are having a good day, and thank you for not mocking me when you recorded or when you um, displayed my uh, last voicemail. And I got cut off because I didn't realize you could only record this for three minutes. And I remember that day, and I was talking for a long time. So uh, that's why I got cut off. But, um, yeah, you guys are awesome. I was listening to the um, your last episode, This Old this old Way, the Nicholas Cage. And like, I thought I was never going to, like, listen to a podcast episode for a movie I hadn't seen. But I'm not honestly going to watch this <laughs> with Nicholas Cage whatever. So, um but I did want to comment on uh, on that last voicemail. Um, the chick was saying that she cut her labia uh, shaving, and then I know that David's always been like, yeah, it's all about the bush. And, and so I want to comment on that. So the love of my life, who is my ex, uh, <laughs> we... Tragic. She's got to say she's she's like recording this voicemail in the center of a roundabout of a roundabout while like having her cat juggle her phone inside of a fishbowl. I think. Yeah, it's impressive. Beatrice, we love you. Find a secluded place and put on some uh, some earbuds to record these. I can barely hear you. Met unconventionally. I love him, you know, but he's an hour and a half away. He's got his own shit. I'm trying to get my own life back here. Anyways. Well, I want to hear what she's going to say. And I promise him the whole point is we met in rehab. And, you know, we took a liking to each other. And I, you know, I snuck him nose. And then we started taking kisses. I was one of those two months. And, you know, we're talking about, like, meeting up afterwards. You know, hanging out. We really liked each other. And he tells me very, like, like, he doesn't want to ask me at first. And he was like, do you think? And I was like, I'm being talking about my life. And I'm like, yeah, of course. And he's like, no, I mean, like, down there. And then I'm like, oh, well, I 
have in a while, but I don't really do. And then he was like, okay, well, don't. Just don't, please. Like, he preferred all natural and whatnot. And I was like, yes, I hit the jackpot. Like, to me, like, I'm so lazy. So, yeah, I think that maybe that's why I'm, like, so in love with this person because, you know, he prefers that. And I could just give, give me permission to be super lazy. But, anyways, I'm coming up to my three-minute mark. Thank you guys for just um, putting on an awesome show. You guys are talented. Talk to you later. Bye. What did she say? You got something out of that? Yeah, well, she was commenting on Glittercore's last voicemail where she said she was she laughed so hard that she accidentally cut her labia when she was shaving. Uh-huh. And so Beatrice was talking about how she found her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend through ex-boyfriend who is the love of her life, which is true of, of her life. Um that basically told her to stop shaving down there because she like he likes it all natural me too that was that was the point of that call well i'm glad well we i mean if, thank you beatrice if, i beatrice if your aim was to get us to think about your bush mission accomplished and i probably like it, about it now. so good job but also i, I, I just say brief uh, it up a little bit you almost hit the three minute mark come on these are amateur <laughs> calls here um Okay, let's uh, move on to Sam from Indianapolis. Hi, this is Sam from Indianapolis. I'm listening to your Blackening episode, and you're a special co-host. Uh, I do not like her talking about this movie, Strays. This is my most anticipated movie of the year. I'm already planning to see it in the theaters at least three times. Dog humor is the best humor in the world, and I really hope you guys at least do an uh, episode on Strays. Maybe a double feature uh, you could watch Airbud and then Strays. That would be great. All right, talk to you guys later. Bye bye. Shots fired. Yeah, shots fired. Yeah, very um, good. good way to cap off this very emotional episode. Is that About where we want to end it? Corporate IP. This is so fucking weird. Like, what's happening? All right, maybe we'll answer the rest in a voicemail episode. I don't know how much time you got, but that's uh, Horror Movie Horrors. Love y'all. Thank you for joining us on Horror Movie Talk Plus. Mm. And um, we want to thank our patrons specifically. Oh, yeah, there's one fella we got to say thank you to Spencer D uh, coming in hot. With the uh, you know he's he's hopping on one of them high tier pledges and uh, and he's he's got he's got all the goodies because of it he's got uh, all the reviews that are Patreon exclusive, which of of which there's like thirty now, mm-hmm. um, tons and tons of big big movies Repulsion Psycho you know uh, Mad God lots and lots and lots of movies up yeah. in there so check it out. Thanks to Spencer and Jissel. Um we love our patrons. Um, keep them coming. Like, yeah, we got a lot of great content on there, so go check it out. Mm. Um, please share the podcast with a friend. Um, to be completely honest with you, um, we've been losing listeners after the format change. Uh, so if you still like us, um, we really need to your help to grow or- organically and hope that episodes like this 
uh, fill that out that, you know, we're not just about horror movies. We can talk about movies at large and get deep in there. Um, if you want to go to horrormovietalk.com, if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, there's a button on our website where we'll get a little taste of whatever you buy. So just as an afterthought, do that. Um, we'll see you next time. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, the number again is 682-253-4468. We'll see you on the flippity floppity. We love you. We love Bye. you. You are Knuff. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. You lose. Is that It should be. It should be. It Wow, that didn't sound good.